This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns from a mini vacation on Thursday. Thank you for joining me until then. If you've been having trouble sleeping, whether it's for a few nights or for a few years, you will definitely want to stick around for the second half hour of today's show. My breakfast radio friend, Neil Headley, will join us. Right now, though, it is time for our Tuesday strategy panel, always an entertaining half hour when we discuss politics and the new that influences politics. In studio with me, conservative strategist John Capobianco, senior vice president and senior partner Fleischman Hillard High Road, NDP strategist Kim Wright, principal Wright Strategies, and on the phone, political commentator Patrick Hello. Gossage, chairman, media profile. Hello to all. Hello there, Jane. A little ra- a ra- rainy day today. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming into the Zoomerplex on a day when it's literally raining cats and dogs well, out there. You know, we needed to wash out some of the bad things that have been happening, so this is good for that. <laughs> oh my goodness. If only rain can do that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, the tragic events in the United States over the weekend. We'll begin with that. The mass shootings in El Paso and Dayton and reaction to them. The president's address to his nation yesterday. I'd like to get your takes on on what Donald Trump said. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Well, first off, the tragedy in the U.S., and, and my heart goes to the families and and, uh, uh, and friends and all those involved, because it, just having those kind, the, the sort of mass shootouts that we saw sort of back-to-back within, what, 24 hours of, of, of each other and uh, and really across the country is is just unheard of and, and unthinkable. We don't experience that in Canada, so we can only imagine the kind of uh, heart loss and, and, and pain that people are going through. So, so um, from that perspective, I think it's just it's, it's tough, but it also makes the president's comments even more poignant. Uh, and there is a time of healing and, and the nation, uh, especially when it happens in the U.S., look to their president, be it Obama, be it George Bush and previously, but certainly Trump, to have some words of healing and, and some words of of being able to sort of, you know, put things in perspective. And I think he tried to do that, but in an only way that the president Trump can do it, and he's, I think he failed on that miserably. Uh, and I think you're seeing a lot of folks who are now reacting to it to a point where they don't want him to go to El Paso. They don't want him to go to Ohio uh, as he's as he's going to do uh, tomorrow or the next day. Um, so I think I think his words were were probably um, uh, right in some context by naming white supremacy and saying that it's it's wrong and it's it's just, you know it should be eliminated. Um, but he didn't go far enough to do the healing that a president should be doing at a time that he needed to do it. You say he failed miserably at that. What should he have said? Well, just basically that this is unheard of and that he would do everything he can as president of the United States to to ensure that uh, that uh, it doesn't happen again, uh, recognizing the issue that it was both in El Paso and, and in Ohio, because obviously one was more race related than the other one. The other one might have been more of a mental health issue, I think, in some cases, although yet yet to be determined. Um, but just being able to uh, to say the words and, and recognize the issue uh, and not call out the wrong city uh, in Ohio, uh, quite frankly, would have been something that 
that might have been better to do uh, than, yeah. than to get the wrong city. Um, but just I think he I think he's he was in that situation where he wanted to play to his base, uh, yet not get into the gun uh, issue or the gun uh, lobby uh, argument. So he kind of stayed away from that. I think he mentioned gun once uh, in his comments. Um, so I think he you know failed miserably might be a tougher, but he just didn't go far enough that he needed to. Kim, your thoughts? If we didn't have mass shootings in the U.S. practically every single day, then maybe, maybe it might have been enough to offer words of comfort. But by the time he finally ends up in this mass shooting place, there will likely be another one on U.S. soil. Uh, so a statistic earlier today that said it was easier to get a to easier to get a gun in the U.S. than to get a visa card. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds an awful lot true in the U.S., uh, and that to me is is concerning. I have family in the U.S., and while I understand the right to bear arms in a well-organized militia, that's not what this is. And when you start to look at the clips in the magazines that, that were being used in these shootings, those aren't for hunting animals. Those are for hunting people. And until we start wrapping our heads around that and until there is political will to reinstate the bans they had uh, pre-2004 and move forward on real comprehensive uh, bans on guns and ammunition and all of the iterations therein, goodness, well, great, we don't have fully automatic weapons allowed in the U.S. By the time you put all of these improvised component pieces and straight-off-the-shelf component pieces, they might as well be. They can shoot hundreds of bullets at a time. You can massacre people. I don't think we really can appreciate how much kids aren't worried about whether or not they're going to have a pimple or a prom date at school. They are literally wondering if they are going to survive the day. What kind of world is that? And I look, I have a five-year-old niece and a two-and-a-half-year-old niece who live in New Orleans. That terrifies me about what the kind of world they're going to look into. Political leadership is required. And there is nothing more that makes me crazy in U.S. and in Canada politics of saying, wow, these are really hard conversations to be had. Sure they are, but it's political leadership. And it goes back to this episode of the West Wing that I uh, frequently go back to. And we talk about these crimes and these shootings. And there was the character, Governor Ritchie, was like, mm, crime, boy, I don't know. To which Judd Bartlett responded, the president responded, just to be clear, crime, boy, I don't know, is exactly the time I decided to kick your ass. It's exactly the kind of leadership we actually need. And what did you think, Patrick Gossage, about uh, the leadership that the U.S. president tried to offer yesterday? Well, I, I, I'm not as eloquent as my two panelists. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I did think, and I watched Trump, Trump's uh, remarks several times, and, of course, I'm glued to CNN like, like a lot of political junkies are. And, you know, it was a, an incredibly sad and, and, and horrifying uh, story that was unraveling of of Trump initially saying that he might look at background checks, which is about as far as he's gone in terms of putting any kind of, as as my colleague said, political will into this issue. And then he, then he of course, changed his mind. And by the time he did his prepared <clears throat> talk, it was, it was, you know, it was, it really wasn't at all. John's absolutely right. It, it showed no leadership. It showed no conviction. It showed no um, it showed no desire to move on to this to this into this situation with any 
guts or determination to to end what has really become a national tragedy. And, you know, I think looking at it from the rest of the world, how stupid and Neanderthal America must look to people around the world in countries where, you know, there's there's a complete ban on these kinds of weapons and where, you know, crime rates and, and, and homicide rates have plummeted. I mean, it's not it's not a miracle. The solution is not a miracle. And the lack of will and the strength of the NRA is just appalling, in my view. And, uh, you know, it's easy to sit here in Canada and be a bit smug about it when we've had this terrible weekend ourselves. But, you know, on the other hand, um, we do have controls that are incredibly tighter than in the United States, not as tight as Australia or New Zealand or as Britain, but uh, they're they're tight. And I think in the election, they're going to get tighter. So that's something maybe we can talk about, because I think it's going to be an issue in this election. And I think this, what's happened in the States will trigger further discussion, obviously. So, you know, we can't escape the discussion. Uh, and, you know, but I don't think we should be smug and self-righteous about it, frankly. Well, I think we need to rely on research as well. And uh, if you're just joining us, it's our Tuesday strategy panel with John Capobianco, Kim Wright, Patrick Gossage. I'm Jane Brown for Libby's Nimer. And, and you're welcome to join in the conversation as well if you would like to add your comments or your viewpoints as we discuss the various items on the list. 416-360-0740. Toll free, one 866 for 740. A lot of the blame, John, that uh, the president put on these mass killings was on mental illness. And there was there is research, FBI directed research, which shows the vast majority of these mass shootings, killings are not mental illness. Yeah. They, they are any number of other uh, any other concerns for that individual, but they may not be mentally ill. In fact, they probably are not. The U.S. president really spent the vast majority of his of his speech talking about that. Well, that and video games uh, and video uh, games, and and I think you know, and, and I think and it, bowling in Columbine, uh, and bowling for having <laughs> yeah. sakes, you know, and I think on the issue of mental health, I, I you know, there's also stats that show that those that have a mental illness are likely to be victims, uh, yeah. let alone those who are are, are, perpet- are perpetuating uh, the the crimes themselves. Um, so there's no doubt that I think, um, you know, we as a society, both in Canada, but certainly in the U.S., um, are putting a lot of attention on on ensuring that those with mental illness um, are being treated. Uh, I think the fact that the stigma around mental health is, is is going away, I wouldn't say it's gone, but certainly going away now than it was, say, five or ten years ago, I think is a good thing. Um, but it also speaks to the whole issue of background checks uh, and making sure that if someone does show signs or has had some history of mental illness, um, you know, being able to ensure that that person is, you know, not buying a gun or not getting close to guns or is, is getting the treatment that they need, uh, I think is important. But I think to put it all on that is wrong. Uh, and I think to put it all on video games is, is absolutely is crazy. Because some video games, and I know a lot of folks that play uh, games uh, on video that are quite, quite, you know, uh, I, have a, I have a 17-year-old daughter who doesn't, luckily, but there's others 
others that I know that do um, are quite vicious. Uh, but there's like Canada has video games. Other countries uh, in the in the G in the G7 uh, have video games that don't nearly have the mass shootings that the U.S. has. So you can't pen it on those two things alone. No, those are simplistic ways for people to abdicate responsibility. The fact is yeah, that no, we I... do not have the they do not have the rules and regulations in place in the U.S. to make it impossible uh, for people who ha- who should not own guns to have guns. It's also important that, that the president finally started to address things like white supremacy and domestic terrorism. We need to put names to these types of things. Uh, it, it doesn't happen. It does. It hasn't been happening frequently enough. But with the other thing that is troubling to me is let's if they if they're going down the road of suggesting and the blame is that there is a mental illness problem one of the largest contributing factors is not having access to mental health supports and that also goes squarely to the government most of the a, a good chunk of uh, mental health supports that were previously funded out of medicaid have been taken out of that in the us so when you're talking about people who have a variety of issues not being able to have access to care and to access to supports then you add exponentially onto the problem. But this is not, the research has borne out that this is not generally a mental health issue. This is a whole bunch of other issues, many of which are too complicated to attack. But more importantly, the and it was raised earlier, the, the, the amount of control that the NRA has over every level of government, media, uh, and, and the general politic. And that has to stop. And I, I say this as a lobbyist. That they there needs to be checks and balances on this. That good public policy should not, uh, and lives at stake should not be uh, in control by a super PAC by the NRA. Patrick, do you see this president at all changing his tack? Whether that comes from the people who are advising him, or just the pressure that he may be feeling that he is dividing the nation too much? Do you do you see him making any kind of change, or will he double down on? a lot of the messages, particularly like the ones that he espouses at his rallies. Well, yeah, and he's, he's the one that espouses, espouses the, you know, the Mexican invasion or the invasion from Mexico of people from middle of, from uh, Central America, which, which one of the, one of the, uh, one of the killers used on a, on a, a great screed that he wrote on one of these sites. Um, no, I don't No, I, frankly, I don't. Um, I, I think this is a tipping point, though, for legislators. I think, I think the pressure is going to be enormous for legislators to force Trump's hand, whether they can or not, because he can always veto things. But, you know, this could be a tipping point. Let's pray it is, because it's so, I mean, it's time. Uh, you, how, you know, how much can you put up with? And I was very struck by Obama getting involved in this and, and talking about, you know, the fact that words matter and that uh, what what people say when people make racial and you know demeaning comments about minorities uh it does empower people to to commit these kinds of acts and that that you know leaders should be incredibly careful about what they say and of course trump isn't so i don't think he'll change a lot i think he may change his his uh blathering on about um immigrants and uh, racial minorities and and the invasion perhaps i mean maybe he'll see the light of day in that but you know i don't think he'll change his 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 tune or his actions greatly not, i mean his not base, if it gets him elected no and i mean yeah but i mean 
you know, his car, he's, he's, he's very, very anxious to keep his car happy. And that car is, is not, not, is not the kind of car that wants their guns touched. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. The, 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 uh, you know, the amount of weapons that are in the States and, you know, don't go to, don't go to Texas and get into an argument on the highway. You're liable to get shot. You know, everybody carries guns in Texas. It's incredible. Well, and I think the difference um, here, Patrick, too, is the fact that it's the magazine. It's if, if people have seen yeah. it on TV, the, 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 the sort of especially made, um, uh, cartridge that this person, the shooter had where there was a hundred rounds and there was another 250 rounds in his, in oh, his I know, in his bag. It's I think the one, the one thing that, that, that argument between Republicans and, and Democrats alike is that no one can say that that is something that should be should be you know had and uh, that should be accessible or should people should be able to have because that is not hunting that is not anything to do with just mass killing and that's where I think the tipping point might be is is seeing though that cartridge or seeing those those rounds well, exactly in the ma- yeah that well, I mean and that that's controllable I suppose although people can always find their way around it I mean the problem with our gun gun control laws and with a so-called ban of assault weapons, which I think will be an issue in the uh, the liberals have made sure that that'll be an issue in the in the election. Is that you know gun manufacturers always can always find devices to get around these these uh, you know to get around uh, you know the ban on assault weapons and on rapid fire weapons and big magazines. There's, they're always they're always after part after after manufacture parts that people can get to right. get around those regulations. Uh, you know, I, I, the one thing I found fascinating was that we actually, a, a policeman on CNN said, you know, who wants to hunt with a hundred round blam, blam, blam? He said there'd be nothing left to eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it would be blown apart. You're just eating buckshot. But John, you raised the question of have we hit a tipping point? I would have thought that the massacring of kindergarten kids at Sandy Hook would have been yeah. enough. But then you have this whole Sandy Hook truther movement, which President Trump, you know, lifted some of the coattails of. You know, at, at some point we have to take responsibility as a society and say, is are we are we done yet messing around with what is really the massacre of people and children and being okay with it? Because right now what I see in the US is legislators hope that you will forget and keep going back to the tried and true the right to bear arms that's not what the that's not what happened in sandy hook and that's certainly not what's happened this weekend and even today i thought this was very telling the governments of uruguay and venezuela issuing travel warnings to their residents not to go to the United States. I know, did they really? That's fascinating. That, that happened today. I thought that was fascinating as well and really tells the story of here are these poor countries uh, in South America saying, don't go to the United States. You could get killed. Yeah. It, because you have a you're a Latin American. Well, when the rent, when the shootings happen at a Walmart or at a, or a nightclub at a, at a at a popular place in in, uh, in Dayton, Ohio, then you start getting into uh, in, in schools. For God's sakes, people should be thinking. Kids should be thinking about their exams, not about writing their wills. Yeah. Uh, for for you know, that's when I think it gets into. But it's the randomness of of this person traveling halfway across you know Texas to get to a Walmart uh, to do the killing. Okay, I want to get to the phones here. The phone lines are jammed. Uh, you're listening to. Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libya and our strategy panel of Kim Wright, John Capovianco, and Patrick Gossage. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We want to hear what you have to say about this. Anthony in Niagara, go ahead. Hello. 
Uh, in the U.S., uh, whatever happens, they always blame Trump. Most news there are all liberal, not conservative. Example, uh, in El Paso, he was a Trump follower. The fellow out there in Ohio was actually a Bernie Sanders follower, but they're not saying that. CNN will not say that, but uh, Fox did say that, and plus another station out there in the South. All right, Anthony, thank you for that comment. Does this that, does that... Le- this isn't a left or right issue right. anymore. Frankly, people have been let down in the U.S. By, by politicians of all political stripes not having the will to stand up to the NRA and to actually get this through. You know, there's, uh, you know, there have been so many jokes about this, so many commentaries and media, social media, movies over the years. At what point is enough enough? And I'm not sure where that tipping point actually comes. It should have came at Sandy Hook, and that was seven years ago. And Patrick? thousands of people have died since. Patrick, did you yeah. want to get in on that? Well, no, I mean, it was. I was talking about the tipping point, and I mean, it's just something you can pray for. That, 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 and it's, I mean, it's the, it's all happening on the same weekend that I think struck people. Um, I, but I agree. I mean, one would have thought that Sandy Hook would have done it, and it didn't. But, you know, I don't know. And of course, it's the rural urban divide, too. And rural I don't people think it's are. rural, Patrick, to be fair. I'm from rural southern Ontario. I grew up shooting guns. I still go to yeah, gun well, ranges to this day. I don't think yeah. it's a rural-urban thing. Was we, have enough, we have massacres that are happening in urban settings as well. Uh, it's a little harder to do a mass shooting in a rural center, but we certainly oh, are no. seeing it. Uh, what, no, we're, what we're seeing, however, is people who are finding communities or understandings in different platforms that need to be cracked down on. We've seen political leaders who amp up this rhetoric and then are surprised when they when President Trump, and let's be clear, when he started talking about the infestation in, uh, of rats in Baltimore, and then and specifically pointing at Representative Elijah Cummings, and then not surprisingly, somebody broke into his house and and ransacked it. There are consequences to words. Words. Oh matter. no, that's the point. Yeah. Well, exactly. But no, I was referring to the. I was referring to you know where gun control advocates or, or anti or you know gun gun lobbyists are most are strongest in rural areas in Canada and in the states. You know, and uh, and. And then just the way the politics is designed in these two countries, they're mm-hmm. very powerful. Okay, let's and, go to Darko okay. and Etobicoke. Darko, what would you like to add? Yeah, I, I think four years ago you had access to these same kind of like weapons in mass, but for some reason, you know, it's it's really increased exponentially. It's crazy when you look at the list on if you go on Wikipedia on these mass shootings, how how the frequencies increased so much in the last whatever ten years or so. You know, so whether it's guns, mental illness, I mean, I think a, a lot of research has to be done. Into, but the interesting thing, I think, at the same time is that uh, the actual homicide rate peaked around 1980, and it's half of what it was. But these mass killings are, like, way out of whack to the, the, the decrease, uh, I mean, in the actual homicides. So why? I don't know why it's a select few that are, you know, going, going absolutely ballistic, well, but, yet, but the society... And that you bring up a great point there, Darko, too, and I'll go to John with this. In terms of an epidemic, 
and this becoming almost a weekly occurrence. I mean, mass shootings happen every day in the U.S., uh, two people being shot or more than two people being shot. But of this magnitude, it, it is happening a lot yeah. more and people want to blame something. And you hear a lot out there about, you know, parents aren't looking after their kids properly. And this is the result of a society that's too wrapped up in work, too wrapped up in themselves. Well, and I think in its heart, and you're right, because I think they define mass uh, mass shootings of, of four or more people, I believe, is what they is what they define it as in the U.S. So the ones that happen where there's one or two or, or where the, the shooter gets gets caught before it even happens, you don't even get, get to the press. But when it's an unfortunate situation, as we saw in the last 24 hours, 72 hours, then, then of course, it gets to press that it does. But um, it, it is a, it's a huge issue. And I think blaming any one person uh, or blaming mental health or blaming video games uh, or blaming, you know, the fact that there's, you know, there's no ban on guns. There's got to be some way of trying to resolve this. And your previous caller mentioned the fact that, you know, some of the media were blaming Trump or that Trump was the, was the cause result, result or because this person in Dayton was a, was a Bernie Sanders supporter. I think that's all nonsense. But the media does not help the issue when you watch CNN and they pretty much are saying that because of Trump and notwithstanding yeah, Trump's they tweets, they're basically saying that Trump is the cause of this. So mm-hmm. that's not helping because Trump has a huge amount of supporters out there and it's not, not, not helpful to, 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 for them to hear that. But I do think that, um, uh, you know, the timing of this uh, and the fact that there's a Democratic primary <clears throat> going on and the fact that they're about a year and some months away from the election is going to be really telling because you got to know the next debates that are happening at the democratic level are all going to be on this issue let's go to bernie in mississauga bernie hi you're on fight back yeah i just think uh, the united states is a country where the soul uh i think of all the political assassinations in the 60s the president martin luther king bobby kennedy people that might might have changed the direction of the country. Right now, uh, the gun manufacturers are getting off the hook. I can't see why no one is not suing these gun manufacturers for making these weapons of mass destruction in the civilian population and for sale. So um, unless the the people come together, uh, that they elect and uh, hold them to account, it's not going to change because uh, there's predators and these people that are doing all these mass killings are no different than the animal king they're predators and they, 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 they prey on the weak all right bernie let's go to lena and etobicoke lena go ahead uh i just have a comment about the the clip that i've heard played by uh or about what trump had said uh regarding it mental illness mm-hmm. and hatred pull the trigger um and the gun doesn't pull the trigger when i heard that played on the radio the first time it made me cringe um and that's uh, it made me cringe because mental illness, it, many people have many different mental illnesses and they're caused by different things. And that, that is true and that has been true. And, and there's, it may be on the rise or maybe we're just more aware of it now. But hatred is not something, uh, it, or mental illness is not something that you choose to have, but hatred is, or you're taught to hate and you have to teach yourself and not be hateful. Um, so those two things, I just cringed when he was saying, kind of putting them 
lumping them together, saying mental illness and hatred are the two things. All right. I, I don't like that they're being lumped together. And really, yeah, the gun doesn't pull the trigger. But if there were no guns, there are no triggers to be pulled. Yes, Lena, we will leave it at that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for your call. And uh, I had other topics to talk about today, but everybody wants to talk about what's happened in the United States. And for good reason, because it is disturbing. And we are watching from the sidelines and we have our opinions here in Canada. We cannot influence our American friends, but we certainly are talking about the problem and making sure it doesn't happen here that we end up not going down that path. So thank you all again for coming in. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks, Thank you. John Capobianco, Kim Wright, and Patrick Gossage here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.